Blog Talk Radio.
evening. This is Charles Collingsworth at the White House in Washington, D.C. For many of you, this will be your first visit to this historical landmark. Our tour through these hallowed halls will be conducted by the First Lady. to be to say come 
Come, my friend, to the white daughter and son. Good evening, America. This is your president. Please listen carefully to the announcement I'm about to make. After careful consideration and research, Vice President Duke, Congress, and myself have concluded that black people have not advanced technologically. Their educational testing scores are on a rapid decline. The vast majority of them are on welfare and producing babies at a faster rate than they can support them. And we will not carry them anymore. We are left with no other choice but to put slavery back into effect. All blacks will report to the designated camps in their area to receive further orders. The only blacks excused will be those serving in the United States military and the police. Any blacks who do not cooperate will be terminated immediately. I repeat, slavery is back in effect. We at war! That's what I told you. I know you heard what the president said, and if the nigga don't move, then he's dead. It's time for us to take the stand. Woman to woman and man to man. Blood rushes through your veins, you feel the fear. Who'd have thought that it could happen here? In the land of the free, home of the brave. The year's 95, you're a slave. When they first hear the news Press play and then rewind and review But the message is clear And it cuts just like the knife You don't surrender, they take your life And I remember some movies my mama used to show me Remember the times when they bought and they sold us We are That's what I told you That's what I told you
you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard. You liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Oh, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he's sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one of us. You liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard. You liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs, political jobs. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. Oh, no, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he's sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. That's no thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, He's become one of us. We welcome you to Africa on the Move. As your host, Brother Africa, it's always an honor and privilege to come to your homes this evening where we can speak to the powerful and the powerless. We welcome you on the 29th day of October 2023. And theme today is part two, reality and power. You can join us by calling in at 323-679-0841. Give your views and your perspectives as we entertain issues that are affecting our communities throughout the Pan-African world. So at this time, like always, I'm your host, Brother Africa, and let's get started with our party by introducing you to our political panelists and analysts for today's program. First, you'd like to welcome Brother Haki, a member of the African Awareness Association. At this time, you'd like to welcome him to Africa on the move. Welcome, Brother Haki. Hello, Brother Africa. Thanks for having me. My name is Haki Kumathi Mishoki. Currently, I'm with African Awareness. But you know, Brother Africa, my thing is all about institution building. Uh, but one of the things, you know, and prior to creating an institution, there's certain information that people have to have access to in terms of understanding the world in which we live. Uh, one of the things I think that's very important that people come to understand is systematically, you know, how the world is organized. I think once people have a clearer understanding 
how this world is organized systemically, I think people have a greater appreciation in terms of why organization and those kind of things, institutions, so forth, are so important in terms of innovating in, in the community, specifically the African community. Now, check this out, Brother Africa. This in reference to the pearls of the uh, rules-based, rules-based order. Now, rules-based order is a nebulous term that that defies understanding. We know rule-based order is a term used to justify global economic dominance by the West, employing multilateral financial institutions and military force to sustain economic domination of the global economy. President Putin defines rule-based order as a smokescreen for colonialism and the subjugation of states, particularly among the global south. Now, the maintenance of the rule-based order is expensive. Currently, the rule-based order accounts for 80% of all government, all global debt, resulting in economic devastation of developing nations that depends on investments for economic growth. Now, the worsening of the global economy impact on the West as well has seen unprecedented levels of homelessness, poverty, and medical neglect, spearheading anger and disgust at what many perceive as institutional indifference to the plight of most of humanity. Now, this level of anger is not the exclusive domain of Westerners, but increasingly the global South, who are fed up with colonialism and the poverty it imbues. U.S. leaders instinctively understand this growing discontent poses an intrinsic threat to the U.S. global control and must be countered by any means necessary. Now, in order to sustain U.S. dominance based on a unipolar world in which U.S. single-handedly controls the direction of the world, Strategy must be employed using guile and deception to pit people against one another using geopolitical stratagems in which specific strategies are utilized for specific regions of the world to form a division along class, racial, religious, and political lines in order to destabilize states. Such destabilization stratagems include creation of terror groups like the Lord's Resistance Army, which originated in Uganda and has now spread to South Sudan and the Central African Republic. Another strategy is the funding of fundamentalists, uh, religious extremists who are dogmatic, that oppose all who oppose their interpretation of religious doctrine. This strategy is particularly effective in the Middle East, pitting Shia militias in Iraq, Syria, against Sunni governments and other religious orders in the Middle East. And, of course, the final strategy to destabilize states involves the legitimization of ultra-nationalist movements involving Nazis, racists of every stripe, and anti-immigrant groups. Now, this strategy has been effective in Europe. For example, the CIA, in conjunction with local intelligence agencies, would encourage media to highlight right-wing figures increasing their exposure. This strategy gets reinforced by U.S. private groups like the movement in Brussels, promoting right-wing popularism and economic nationalism opposed to immigration in the West. If If you're thinking similar strategies are employed in the U.S., you're absolutely correct. Now, the cost of a U.S.-dominated world cannot be discounted. U.S. alone provides Israel with $5 billion a year, not including military expenditures. Since 1948, the U.S. has provided Israel with over $150 billion. U.S. officials consider this money well spent, as they consider Israel their eyes and ears in a region saturated by U.S. enemies. However, the cost associated with a declining U.S. economy makes such gifts intolerable for the masses of people residing in the U.S., as their standard of living continually declines. And the ramifications of economic decline should not be dismissed. Because of economic decline, the U.S. finds itself resulting to policies that reveal its precarious or unstable economic state, 
For example, U.S. reneged on promises to unfreeze $6 billion in Iran's assets, provided they released five alleged U.S. spies from an Iranian prison. The five were released, but the Iranian funds are still frozen by the U.S. <clears throat> in addition, if the frozen, in addition, if the frozen Russian uh, funds greenlighted by the U.S. authorizing Ukraine to use Russian assets for its war efforts as any indication of U.S. economic ills, why provide Israel to flourishing democracy billions of dollars that could be used to finance military projects other than Israel? If these poorly executed expenditures is not problematic enough, the strategic benefits are minimum. With the emergence of a multipolar world spearheaded by China, Russia, and BRICS nations, Palestine emancipation is inevitable, given the global support increases, and with that, potential increases in financial assistance throughout the world. Now, now however, supporters of the unlimited financial assistance for Israel does have its supporters. Chief among them is Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary. While supporting mainstream po- po- politics, which cautions restraint, she has vehemently supported U.S. financial support for Israel, even in the face of U.S. economic woes in decline. As a member of the Council of Foreign Relations and former Federal Reserve Chair, she's aware of the instability of U.S. economic dictates. Foreign policy expenses should be measured against potential gains. Large sums of money to an apartheid regime like Israel will only alienate the potential trading partners in the Middle East to the U.S. to disadvantage way into the future. This potential is compounded by the fact current U.S. economic instability compels national leaders to make better economic choices as it currently exists. U.S. debt-to-GDP ratio is over 122%. Debt-to-GDP ratio measures what a country produces and what it sells. This metric is used to determine creditworthiness of a country. A a, a sound average for the debt-to-GDP ratio is 60%. Now, if the U.S. debt-to-GDP ratio indicates difficulty in the U.S. securing investments from foreign states, the U.S. can can ill afford to alienate investors around the world by, by taking in expenditures that does something to inspire faith in U.S. investments and more circumspect in how and why monies are allocated. In other words, U.S. foreign policy consistently shows its fixation on political control is greater motivation than economics. By providing Israel $5 billion per year, these expenditures could better be used to pursue economic objectives that increases the appeal of U.S. investments in terms of dividends. Instead, U.S. expenditures tend to Decrease confidence and in, in investments, which decreases potential earnings, which is bad for, for the U.S. economy. The simple solution at minimum is a two-state solution, which would require minimum spending on defense and increased spending on productive pursuits, potentially increasing the value of U.S. debt by boosting product, product, productivity. Now, now equally important, uh, <clears throat> being more selective in spending is key in lieu of domestic economy. Unipolar world or rule-based order stimulates inequality internationally, but the impact on the domestic economy is more devastating. Under the rule-based order, economic downturns are shared by all Western states' economies. In the case of the domestic uh, economy of the specific of the U.S., the level of inequality can reach crisis proportions. In the U.S., the level of unemployment and wage decreases proliferates because the unipolar world prioritizes wealth accumulation for the wealthy at the expense of the real economy, which the majority depends on. In the U.S., the number of employees employees working 35 hours per week fell 47%. It dropped from 12% in just one month. Superimposed, superimposed this fact, all household incomes of working people dropped 
by 12% up from 11% just one month earlier, we can see an emerging economic tsunami that's threatens to engulf large segments of U.S. society. The only political feasible way to end the ravages of the rules-based order is to support the emergence of a multipolar world in which power is diffused among different states by strengthening the distribution of power. The potential to lessen economic exploitation, racism, and multilateral financial institutional excesses with where equality is a norm should, should decline. Without a multipolar world, the, system, the systematic injustices permeating the world will not end. The multipolar world is, is, is on its way, and the world can afford to not support its existence. And without a multipolar world, Brother Africa, truly humanity is doomed, and it's that simple. And with that, Brother Africa, I'll conclude. Thank you, Brother Haki. Next, we will make our transition to Brother Anthony, who is a member and organizer for the AAPRPGC. Brother Anthony, welcome to Africa on the move. Thanks for having me, Brother Africa. Revolutionary greetings to you, uh, the fellow panelists, and the listening audience. My name is Anthony Williams. I'm an organizer for the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Objective is Pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. And from Brother Anthony, we will move to Brother Moses, who is a member of the D.C. Metro Coalition in solidarity with the Cuban Revolution. Brother Moses, welcome to Africa on the Move. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. I, I noticed that um, Brother Haki took eight minutes there to, to give his statement. Um, anyway, I believe in getting to the root, i.e. radical. Jesus and the Bible propagate the laissez-faire philosophy of early merchants, and there is no getting around, quote, waiting for his return, unquote. Remember, there were no churches until John the Baptist and Jesus started the movement. It is well suited to for the ruling class to continue ruling. I'm into liberation theology. Jesus reconciled humans and the God question. You don't reverse correct verdicts. That's why I bear witness that the only God is Jesus and that Mao is his messenger for government. The word is truth, and only the truth can set you free. There's a judgment day coming. There will be a revolution. Repetition is the mother of invention. Moses went to the mountain. Jesus was the mountain. The mountain came to Muhammad. He said, what's love got to do with it? These Christians are oppressing my people, and he wrote the Quran. Only a fool would say there is no God. Mao was the foolish old man who moved the mountain. The people of China stormed heaven in 1949. I hope I'm getting some, helping someone see the light. The rest of you are already enlightened, so I'm not trying to preach to the choir, but to those lost people who need to know the direction of history. Dr. King was in the race for the cure of racism within the USA. Someday the story will be fully told. Malcolm X was the leader who showed me the way, i.e. we were to have civil rights by any means necessary. He was red. There was to be, quote, the ballot or the bullet, unquote. Foreign policy is a continuation of domestic policy. You have to remember the time. 
The USA was opposing communists viciously. They were assassinating our brothers who were conscious in Africa and throughout the third world. Malcolm and Martin were Afrocentric and committed to liberation and opposed to injustice everywhere. As Mao said, communists must have largeness of heart to put the needs of the many above the needs of the few, including I and I. Obviously, those were not Mao's exact words. If a genuine revolutionary make a mistake, then you can charge it to their mind and not to their heart, at the risk of sounding ridiculous. Does anyone start to build without a plan, without a vision or a dream? No. First, you measure the cost, and you decide if it's worth it. Longevity has its place. We forward in this generation triumphantly. Sometimes you have to realize that you cannot get blood from a turnip. You either accept the turnip or you don't. We communists hate evil and love good. This is not the time to question our faith. Either you're part of the solution or you're part of the problem. As Martin said, we want all our rights. We want them here, and we want them now. I love the 99%. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Mosey. And we still have a sister. We're still um, nursing her health. But she want to make a contribution to the segment. We bring in Sister Eleanor, and we would like to welcome her to Africa on the Move. Welcome, Sister Eleanor. Good evening, Brother Africa, fellow panelists, and to our listening audience in the United States and around the world. My name is Eleanor Johnson, and I'd like to thank you so much, Brother Africa and fellow panelists, uh, for your support, and thank you, Brother Africa, for allowing me to participate in this evening's forum. Thank you. Uh, welcome, Sister Eleanor. You're listening to Africa on the Moon, what we're going to do right now. We're going to take a revolutionary culture break, and when we come back, we're going to kick off our first first segment of the program. That is, what's going on in your world? and the community, and we invite you to join us by dialing in at 323-679-0841. You are listening to Africa on the Move. Oh, <laughs> 
If you think of the Middle East in this modern time, you can't help but say the word Palestine. People there have lost their land. Some have lost their home. They live in other countries, their freedom almost gone. Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine. Palestine, needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine, Palestine. needs her freedom. Needs Palestine, Palestine needs our love. Needs there seems to be no answer to give us the reason why people cannot live so no one has to die. We've got to take a stand for freedom, take a stand for truth. Take a stand for justice, that's what we've got to do. Cause Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love. Needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs, our love. needs our love. People of all countries, of every race and creed, we need a new beginning. Let us plant the seed. Plant the seed of love and let that love seed grow. Plant the seed for everyone so all the world will know that Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Needs freedom. Palestine, Palestine needs our love, needs our love. Palestine, Palestine needs her freedom. Her freedom, Palestine, Palestine needs our love. Thank you. We'd like to welcome you back to Africa on the Move on the 29th day of October. We're in the seat, we're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. We're going to now make our transition to what's going on in your world and the community. But, panelists, before I ask each one of y'all to express what y'all had scheduled for discussion or what's going on in your world and the community, I would like to just get a response to each one of y'all based upon the recent um, reporting what is going on in Palestine today and this whole issue of this um, execution of the Palestinian people. I'm just real curious in terms of just a, just a statement for each one of y'all to express um, 
how you view the media and how this whole confrontation between the, the Zionist forces of occupied territory called Israel versus the Palestinian people and now nation Palestine. Brother Haki, this is General Tate's take the observation on this phenomenon that's taking place now. You know, Brother Africa, you know, like you know, like all injustices, you know, is um <clears throat> it is really is extremely unfortunate that the Palestinians are subjected to the level of oppression the Zionists are, you know, uh, exerting against them. Uh recently it was disclosed that over over five thousand Palestinian uh you know children, women and men uh lost their lives as a result of uh the Zionist intervention there in, in Gaza. And we talk of the systematic kind of destruction of human life under the guise of, you know, of security measures. You gotta begin to understand the, the kind of criminality that's inherent in a lot of these military operations. Uh, clearly this is this you know this is all in terms of, you know, rooting out uh uh uh, uh so called militants in Gaza. One achieves objective simply by killing off the masses, the ma- you know many you know you know thousands of Palestinian people, thousands of innocent Palestinian people. Uh, the bottom line is that such actions are likely to I- enrage uh, Palestinians because they see it as an injustice. Indeed, the world sees it as an, as an injustice. And the mere fact that the U.S. media can can w- w- with a straight face actually con- condemn the Palestinians, in particular Hamas. You know, for defending itself, I think it's laughable. But then again, of course, in context of U.S. foreign policy, the absurd is is, is only natural. It's only natural. And, and this whole notion, and what is very ironic when you talk about designers' forces and you talk about, you know, anti-Semitism, the, the, the real irony is that the people that they are committing murder, mass murder against, are very Semitic. And so the question is, so how clear, how sincere are they? When it comes to this question around you know anti-Semitism that exists in the world, also uh, clearly, Brother Africa, you know, is very, very traumatic. But one thing is clear, you know, those of us who who love peace, freedom, who uh, who 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 support righteousness, who support the idea in terms of resistance, those of us who take those kinds of stands support the struggles in Palestinians, whether it be Hamas, Hezbollah, or whoever it is that's fighting for the dignity and the humanity of a people who are trampled. You know, you know, by by you know by a, a colonial power, uh, in addition to um, support from the United States, uh, that renders you know uh, the future be, uh, future of the Palestinian peoples essentially hopeless. Uh, so, clearly, brother Africa, this is all problematic. And for me, you know, uh, I think more and more people need to speak out in terms of the right of the Palestinian people to exist. Uh, without that realization, I think that it gives lends credibility to those Zionist forces that are committed to wholesale destruction of the Palestinian people and making Israel a land of so-called, you know, of so-called Jews. Um, so with that, Brother Africa, I conclude. Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony, is this a case of the expression that Dr. King once stated, there, there comes a time where silence becomes betrayal? Given the loud, the wide influence and power that Zionism has today on the world, many people who even see injustice are either intimidated by not saying nothing, or they choose not to say nothing because of that. 
Is this what taking place today with the whole world looking at a process where people are just outright getting genocide, but they're scared to speak to it because you have the Zionist forces so powerful that they can make one's lives or one's interests in terms of making money uh, disappear? No general take of what you see today, Brother Anthony. Yes, uh, I think your observation is correct. And also, uh, and uh, I, I would add an additional factor that, uh, that uh, you know, that people are, are afraid to speak out on religious grounds. And, uh, and uh, you know, and the thing about it, though, uh, people... Uh, you know, there's still uh, some uh, some people that are confused, uh, that confuse Judaism, uh, Hebrewism with Zionism, and uh, and that's a serious mistake, because uh, no uh, no, no religion uh, that uh, that comes out of Africa. Uh, you know, stands for injustice. And uh, what is happening to the Palestinians today is unjust and has been uh, uh, ever since uh, Zionism uh, set foot in Palestine. Uh, You know, uh, uh, nearly 100 years ago. And, um, you know, and uh, and the thing about it, though, people have to, uh, uh, you know, take a stand for justice. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, re- uh, regardless of the lies of Zionism and uh, other imperialist forces must take a stand for justice. Uh, because uh, one of the observations that King made was that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And we see that in the case of Zionism because uh, uh, they uh, they, they train uh, a lot of the, uh, the police that uh, that are that supposedly give protection to our communities and uh and they uh and they uh and they perpetuate the terror that that exists in our communities and so we have to make uh uh so we have to speak out against uh you know what's happening to the Palestinians and um you know, and they they they're bearing the brunt of Zionist oppression right now, and uh, we have to make a, a stand against that. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, you know, it 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 it, 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 it could be another people, uh, you know, the next day. So we might we must take a stand for the Palestinian people and against Zionism and all other forms of exploitation. 
Thank you, Brother Anthony. Brother Moses, is this just a case of just versus unjust? They tell me it's going to stand for some something. You'll fall for anything. You'll take what's going on in terms of how the media is portraying this phenomenon, Brother Moses. Right. Well, you know, I'm, I listen to breakthrough news and um, and other media um, that um, you know portrays the real situation as it's going on. And um, and uh, the people are on the move, and uh, it's just a matter of time before the Israeli government falls. That's the bottom line. Um, the two-state solution is no solution at all. It's just a dream. Um, the Zionists have no right to sovereignty as a, as a Jewish state, and that's the bottom line. And uh, and so. You know, revolution is the solution, basically. Uh, that was, I think that was the original PLO position, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, uh, you know, I I'm, I'm want to say something. Uh, um, David, no, Moses stood on the rock. David used the rock. Jesus is the rock, the rock of all ages. Moses smoted the rock. That's why he couldn't go into the promised land. Be sure. Be very, very sure. That rock, when you use that rock, that rock is Jesus, just and fair and righteous. That rock is Jesus. And those Palestinian children should be out of jail. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Sister Eleanor, your thoughts on this issue that's taking place between the Palestinian people and the Zionist forces in the, in the so-called Middle East. This is Eleanor. Well, right. Um, thank you. Um, right now, the situation in the last week where Israel uh, had those uh, advanced airstrikes amongst the Gazan people, and they've been telling the Palestinian people to move south toward the border of Egypt, while in the north they're telling them to move toward uh, Lebanon and uh, Iran. So there seems there is no two-state solution, as the panelists said. It is a mass. Uh, eviction. Moreover, they started their tank and land attack, alleging that the streets were so narrow in Gaza and that uh, Hamas was setting up booby-trapping apartments until they had to start their land and sea attack. And now there is an untold number of Israeli forces within Gaza. And there is a difference between uh, being uh, uh, supportive of all persons practicing their religion and being a Zionist. And this is a gross genocide that we've seen in the last week alone. And it's a very distorted, inaccurate assessment by the U.S. media. And how 
the Palestinian people uh, have been portrayed as being the uh, violators of Israel. They claimed that they were, Israel claimed that they were attacking shops and gun shops and other shops because they were, uh, as well as these apartments, were allegedly connected to all of these underground caves that allowed the Palestinians and Hamas but I say for Palestinians to move about as being the reason for their aggressive attack. This week, Israel called this uh, the beginning of stage two or what they urged the Israeli people to be prepared for a very long, long war. Rather than a war, this is a genocide, an attack against a sovereign nation, Palestine. And as the panelists have said, and I need not say more, is that the Zionist state has no right to be in Palestine. It's, It's... Aggression that they're showing now hasn't been seen since 49. So it's time to step back and find another solution. Uh, The Europeans to find a a solution for developing a Zionist state in, in Europe or other places, but definitely. It should be hands off of Palestine. Not another woman, child, or elder should have to die. We should not have to see this. 30 seconds, and thank you for counting. And the other important thing to know about the last week is that the Israelis have caused a blackout so that the Palestinians aren't able to move. And thousands of people have moved in the last two weeks. Well, I conclude with thousands of people have moved and without access to telephone or Internet, they this is a 21st century genocide. And I conclude with that. Thank you, my sister. As you just heard, the expressions of these thoughts and ideas are independently of the political panelists and analysts and not necessarily those of the station or its affiliates or members. So on that note, we encourage you to listen on us as well. We'd like to hear your views, your perspective. This is why we created this particular platform, feel free to call in at 323-679-0841 as we discuss critical important issues that are impacting our world on a daily basis. So at this point in time, you're listening to Brother Africa. This is Africa on the Move. Let's uh, move to our segment, 
of what's going on in your world and the community. We come back to you, Haki. We ask you the question, what is going on in your world and the community? Well, Brother Africa, you know, here recently, uh, uh, Michigan State University, in, in during a football game, showed on the Jumbotron a large screen uh, picture of Hitler. And the most obvious questions are, are that, you know, one, why, and secondly, why prior to the game was Hitler picture showed on the Jumbotron? Now, one of the things that's interesting is Hitler's a polarizing figure, and for Michigan State University, who pride themselves on inclu- in- inclusivity, what is the upside of promoting Hitler's visibility? Now, the university uh, uh, could have used this opportunity to highlight, if they want to put it on the Jumbotron, use the opportunity to highlight historical figures who are dedicated to uplifting humanity. So why Hitler? Now, if I were to conjecture, Brother Africa, I suspect there are two reasons why they portrayed Hitler on a giant screen. I think, one, Hitler's views do not challenge the status quo. I think Hitler's views, uh, some, some, the fact that Hitler views some groups as more suited to control the planet uh, ties into perceptions of academia and institutions are uh, innately more intelligent than the rank and file or the masses of the people to define the ideal society. Secondly, I think the reason why you know, uh, they highlighted uh, Hitler's picture on the Jumbotron was that to increase, you know, to, you know, was to increase Hitler's credibility by having his picture on the screen. Now, given the right-wing view of the U.S. society, in no small part due to corporate uh, media narrative, so the picture of Hitler on the big screen is likely to impact the subconsciousness of people extolling uh, Hitler's legitimacy. Keep in mind, his pictures were on display before the game, which, which decreases the odds of, of people being distracted. And the potential, <laughs> and poten- and the potential uh, what Hitler stood for uh, is worthy of contemplating with being inculcated in the minds of so many people, particularly all those on the far right. Now, was Hitler's picture an error? Uh, my position is probably not. Now, given numerous individuals in the institution had to approve the decision, the decision was greenlighted because Hitler's views were not problematic for individuals high up in that organization, in the Univers- Michigan, Michigan State University. So, his saying, so having said that, Brother Africa, one thing, you know, I think we've got to be very wary about any and everything that transpired in society. We can ill afford to take anything lightly. When you talk about a national, a big event like a national a football game, which attracts between sixty to eighty thousand people, putting on a jum, jum, a jumbo screen, you know, screen, screen, you know, one of the most notorious historical figures known to human beings, uh, that in itself is very, very problematic. So I think we'll be very, very careful about the messages that that's encoded or sent uh, when they when they engage in this kind of activity of people projecting people like Hitler on on giant on giant TV screens. Having said that, Brother Africa, I conclude. Thank you, Brother Hakeem. Brother Anthony, what's going on in your world and the community? Brother Anthony. Okay, what's going on in, uh, in, uh, in, in my world and community is that the struggle between the haves and have-nots is intensifying. Uh, every, uh, uh, all, all over the world, even in the, in the belly of the beast, the struggle between uh, uh, the haves and have-nots is intensifying. And uh, the working class is, uh, is intensifying their struggle to, uh, to, to liberate themselves uh, from, uh, from, uh, from exploitation, 
by the uh, by the ruling bourgeoisie, and uh, this is intensifying everywhere in uh, in the U.S. and uh, in uh, Central South America, in the Caribbean, Africa, and Asia, and uh, and uh, you know uh, I mean. Uh, the uh the Palestinian struggle for liberation is what is one aspect. But there are other examples to taking place all around the world. And uh and um you know as um you know as the people get better organized, uh, you know, we'll see the the triumph of socialism worldwide. Thank you, Brother Anthony. From Brother Anthony, we'll go to Brother Moses. Brother Moses, what's going on in your world and the community? Brother Moses. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. Well, we see the world is on fire. Um, People are demonstrating everywhere, from every walk of life. Uh, In the street, demanding a ceasefire in in Israel. uh, that's the uh, that's the burning question of the hour um, on on November fourth, two p.m. Freedom Plaza in Washington D.C. There will be an all-out people demonstration for ceasefire and for the Palestinian people. And we're calling on all forces who want to stand with the Palestinian people and show some solidarity to be there. As Dr. Martin Luther King said, it won't be the words of our enemies that we he will remember, but it'll be the silence of his friends. And so, you know, Hitler was only possible because people were silent. People weren't in the streets. People weren't 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 nipping it in the bud as it as it as it developed. And um so we have to have a tit-for-tat struggle against fascism on all fronts. And uh, um, we have to point out what the manifestations of fascism, as Brother Haki pointed out with this Hitler thing. We have to be on guard and, uh, you know, a vigilant and uh, conscious people. And, and uh, you know, I'll just leave it right there. Uh, I think uh, Trump, Trump is... Is in hot water. Uh, I haven't been really keeping. I haven't been paying. I think we're on the offense now. Trump is on the defense, and uh, it's just a matter of time before this whole systematic system of exploitation will be in the the ash heap of history. That's my prediction, and I'll leave it right there. Thank you. Thank you, Moses. And for Moses, we go to Sister Eleanor. What's going on in your world and the community, Sister Eleanor? Well, um, the big Amazon uh, global strike is planned for uh, Black Friday this year where they're asking consumers and folks alike to uh, join against Amazon and support the workers in having decent uh, labor unions as well as decent wages. 
you saw in Great Britain, they've been demanding uh, the equivalent of $30 an hour for each, uh, $30 an hour U.S. for the drivers. Um, and they are want people to stand up on what they're calling Amazon's green wash because it fails to have decent uh, labor practices. And uh, you've also seen the Prime Minister of Labor, or the Minister of Labor, excuse me, in Spain speak up against Amazon, as well as the Minister of Labor. But more importantly, back to the Israeli question, Benjamin Netanyahu called the troops' arrival uh, in uh, Gaza as stage two of the war and the fight, but it didn't say that Israel had launched a full ground invasion, which it appears to have. And while the number of soldiers in Gaza is unclear, uh, it is understood that they entered from the north. So as I said earlier, they're urging the Palestinians to exit by going to the south towards Egypt. Uh, the first stage of the war had been a bombing campaign uh, that the Pal- Palestinians say had killed thousands people, many of them children, and Israel said its airstrikes were intended to hit military targets like Hamas fighters and weapons stores, but experts say the majority of the group, of the group's fights, and many of his weapons are underground in a vast network of tunnels. Now, who are these experts? I do not know. And as one of the analysts said earlier, it's hard to believe that any journalist uh, uh, propaganda in the United States, but apparently it is true. Uh, In the next stage of the ground war, troops are expected to face a bloody urban battle. They're going to go from home to home. So their whole thing is that they are uh, saying that apartments are likely to be booby-trapped. So the, the uh, Israel is going to be forced to fire upon these apartment houses and that the troops will be being attacked from rooftops, so that is going to compel more airstrikes to what would appear to be non-military sites. This is uh, phenomenal. You're able to pick up any, quote, legitimate newspaper, whether it's the New York Times, and read this as a weekly, not weekly, literally daily over the last 
two weeks. And it's uh, shocking while the Palestinians themselves are suffering a blackout. Uh, complicated, which complicates their evacuation efforts uh, now for more than two weeks. Israel has been calling on Gazans to continuously, as I said, move south to the border, and that's an order that has been pushed hundreds of thousands uh, to leave their homes. And it's a desperate, desperate situation, this blackout. Uh, people broke into warehouses just to get stables like flour, according to the UN. The Israeli military said without giving details, the human, humanitarian efforts, uh, the humanitarian efforts, uh, were stymied and that the goal was to move south. And I'll conclude with that. The Israeli military said two of his soldiers were injured while thousands of Palestinians have been killed. Thank, Thank you, my you. sister. You're late. You're listening to Africa on the Move. This is the 29th day. Therefore, a little historical reference on this particular date. We have with us the inventor, Jay Stender. He was an African inventor. He patented the oil stove in 1889. Yes, the oil stove was created by an African inventor, Mr. Jay Stender. So at this point in time, what we're going to do is we're going to take a we're going to culture break, and when we come back, we're going to make our transition to our theme tonight. Part two, reality and power. I encourage you to join us by calling N2323-679-0841. Share your views, your perspectives, and your understanding of the world we live in. I'm Brother Africa. We'll be right back. This is Africa on the Move. Yep. 
before the shit start, before it get dark, before they hit you with the pitchfork, better crib walk, crib this walk. real talk, smoke push, ambush, then we peel off, niggas still rolling with the wheels off, always looking out for the crisscross, I'm a bigger boss than Rick Ross, always winning, nigga get lost, it's the warlord, bring the voodoo, when I bail through, it's crazy like Bellevue. What they tell you, leave that boy alone, like home alone. Yeah. Fuck a stolen bomb, arrest the president, you got the evidence. That nigga is Russian intelligence. When it rains, it pours. Did you know the new white was orange? Boy, you're showing your horns. They trying to replace my halo with thorns. You so basic with your bait sticks. Let's go ape shit in the matrix. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I took back my eyes and all black tonight. That's right, some niggas gotta sacrifice. Not a criminal. No, I'm a seminal. Yeah. I was free once. Now I'm clinical. You so technical. This was Mexico. Now everywhere I go is owned by Mexico. Fuck, fuck them and the rest of you. I turn a phone to a best hopper. I'm a roll with the aliens. Man, fuck these homo sapiens. They don't really wanna make friends. All they want is a Mercedes Benz. All they want is they dividends and decibels. Fuck these citizens. They'll treat us like hooligans. Throw him in, they don't care what school he in. These people don't play fair. It ain't even fair at the state fair. Give a young nigga gray hair. That's why I'm here. Make your ass lay there. You better stay there. Close your fucking eyes like a daycare. Make myself clearer than Shakespeare. I'm here to take money, even fake hair. So desperate is what I'm left with. For the record, you affected. Who you elected is so septic, so full of shit. I can't accept it. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. I reside on the west side. I murder with my third eye. Nigga so fly, get a bird's eye. I make him scream bloody murder. Let's meet at the White House. Run in and turn the lights out. Man, they treat it like a trap house. These motherfuckers never take the trash out. They just cash out and mash out. Nigga, take your drugs and pass out. Niggas love to go that fast route. I see you when your black ass get out. Homie, you play too much. Why these devils, they doing way too much. Most of them won't say too much. Why they steady planning? God knows what. That's why I roll with the real ones. Real ones, trying to reach millions. Real ones, trying to make billions. Real ones, dressed like civilians. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. Arrest the president. You got the evidence. We'd like to welcome you back to Africa on the Moon. We're now making a transition to our theme tonight, which is part two. Fox, reality, and power. Uh, we highlight some particular articles of interest. And we elect the political panelists, analysts who speak to these articles and information 
that will reflect our theme tonight. Part two facts, reality and power. Let me start off with Brother Haki. That was an interesting video. We'd like to direct our listening audience and thank the particular um creators of the video titled These Black Invent Inventions Claimed by White People. It's an interesting um video as we talk about the history of African people and their creativity but how they were denied the fruits of their labor and their ingenuity of making this a much more um, advanced so-called society. Um, one of the things when we talk about inventions and we talk about our people who was enslaved, they want to create the narratives as if we were some kind of ignorant people, people who was not who were not educated, people who could not read or write, people who could not think, and that could be nothing no farther than the truth. Just to, just to look at the nature of this creativity and these inventions under harsh conditions that were imposed on our brothers and sisters, it raised the real question objectively on a material basis. Who was the real creators and thinkers? Were, were it those who was enslaved or those who were doing the enslaving? So, Brother Haki, when we look at this particular documentary, one of the things we have, Brother Haki, they talk about uh, Frederick McKinley Jones, who created the snowmobile. We can look at the cotton scrapper, who created by a blacksmith named Neil, named Blacksmith Neil. We understand that um, this whole question of the steam operator propeller, that was created by Benjamin Thornton Montgomery which allows ships to be able to take across the ocean there and stuff. We talk about the steam engines for ships were created by Benjamin Broadly. I mean, there were many inventions that were created that our people who created them were not given credit and were not allowed to claim it, but were passed on to slave owners, which also has have, has a, have had an impact on the economic political development of our people today. We're just looking at the phenomena of inventions that, ha that have been created by our people. What does that say about this whole question of this narrative speaking on facts and reality? Of course, we got to talk about the question of power because at the time, they had the means and ability to impose their will on our people and invent these things. But just in general, Brother Mackey, what do you make of this whole narrative that our people were enslaved they could not read and write. But for someone who could read and write and for someone to come up with all these sophisticated inventions and understand the nature and the ideas of science and mathematics, I think this narrative needs to be rewritten. Your response, Brother Hachi. Yeah, Brother Yeah, Brother Africa. You know, yeah, of course. Uh when you talk about, you know, African genius, uh one of the reasons why you know, why the West has to obscure or conceal or hide African history, because they understood in terms of, you know, African genius. I mean, when they came and got us as enslaved, as, to enslave us, they understood the, the kind of things they were performing at that point in history. So they understood in terms of the creativity, the, the, the knowledge, the information that we brought to processes in terms of 
processes that are needed in everyday life in terms of you know the, the, the in terms of the betterment of of humanity. So when they brought us over here, they understood that the ability to build, our ability to think, was very very was very was very very critical in terms of you know, in terms of its expertise. And so we understand that when we look at so when we look at in terms of the, the, the disguising of African history in the society in American society, then we understand that the people in positions of power understand fundamentally that if they don't disguise the history of African genius, then they understand that young little black little African children will grow to understand their genius and will do great things. In fact, I talked to a young brother out of Zaire, and oh well, sorry, out of the Congo now, a young brother out of the Congo, and he said that listen. He says that one of the things that these Westerners understand, that once we're free, they know we're going to take off. They know that. And the brothers are absolutely correct. So the African genius has is, is, is been documented historically, uh, you know, for a long period of time. And so this is nothing new in terms of African people, despite the oppression that African people con, uh, con, 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 uh, have to con, contend with. Also, I think, you know, one of the things that Bill calls me, you know, the, uh, the, the, the former actor and comedian, he, wrote, he he did a, a film called Black History, uh, uh, Black History Lost, Stolen, and Straight, and he illuminated a lot of these facts that you alluded uh, to, to Brother Africa, and it's very, very interesting. But what is interesting, though, when we talk about in terms of the, the desire and propensity to, to, to conceal Africans' contributions in the area of science and mathematics, it's astounding. Uh, so when you talk about those historical uh, misrepresentations as it relates to African people, they persist even to today. As a matter of fact, you know, Otis Borkin was an engineer who created electrical resistance, and those resistors are using computers, missile guidance systems, and pacemakers today. And it's interesting. Percy Julian, the chemist, uh, uh, process of converting medicinal medicines from plants. Uh, also, and it's very interesting when you talk about this, this potential in terms of converting, you know, medicinal, you know, uh, uh, from plants, medicinal drugs. It's very interesting. In Ghana, West Africa, they got project in terms of specifically in terms of converting, you know, uh, you know, from plants to medicinal drugs the world has never seen before. So the African genius is something that that's, that exists in the African people. And I think the West fundamentally understands that. Marie Van Britton Brown uh, created the video home security system in 1966. So when we look at it in terms of home home security, then we, we have to give homage to the sister and her husband who created the home security system. But most of us don't know that because they're not going to teach you that in schools. Uh, George Carruthers, the physicist, uh, perfected the ultraviolet camera or spectrograph used by NASA in the Apollo 16 flight back in 1972. So all of these accomplishments are concealed, not discussed, and the question becomes why are they concealed? Why are they not discussed? Why are they not common knowledge? Well, we've got to understand fundamentally that we're at war, and that because we're at war, the enemy is not and not, has no intention at all in terms of make, getting you to realize the genius, you know, of, you know, the genius of your people. And because they're concerned in terms of concealing the genius of your people, it's incumbent upon African parents to make damn sure that their children, in this 21st century, there's no excuse for any African parent out there not educating their children in terms of African accomplishments, you know, in this world, particularly as it relates, you know, to accomplishments in the West, and particularly in the United States. Uh, and having said that, Brother African, let me just real quickly say some books that people please purchase and share with your children. It's a, first one is the black, black People Invented Everything by, by Dr. Sujah Das. Now, interestingly, a lot of these people who, who, who present this information are not, simply, are not just African people are from various nationalities. So it, so it speaks to the kind of integrity of people across ethnicity in terms of conveying the truth 
even if it means that their profession may suffer as a result of revealing the truth. Uh, African-American Inventors by Old Richard Sullivan. 101 Black Inventors by Joy James. Black Inventors by King Creel. Black People of Science and Inventions by Lewis Haber. These are books that please people. You just make sure your children grow up in understanding that accomplishment. In addition to understanding that accomplishment, creating those conditions in your home, in your community, will suggest that, that, the, that the greatness of, the, of these children can be realized. You know, all they have to do is apply themselves. And so, therefore, you know, Brother Africa, is very, very clear. It's incumbent upon African people themselves to highlight these histories in terms of our people because if we don't highlight it, the bottom line is that the system has no desire to highlight those, those because they want us to believe that, in fact, that by virtue of skin color, that somehow we are inferior or, or somehow not up to par or somehow lacking. Uh, so clearly, Brother Africa, we have to enlighten our young people ourselves. And I close with that. Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony, from this documentary, they talk about Alan England, who was the creator or inventor of the clothes ringer, as well as she had the impact on designs and mops today. There was done, she created this clothes ringer in the year 1888, and the board bed said, you know, this is the way we describe or, or the way we structure bed boards today. That was a creation from Henry Board. He was a carpenter out of Ohio. He also introduced the system of introduced the steam power machine to make furniture. These are things that we use on a daily basis now, and you think nothing about our relationship to these things that we use on a daily basis to show our people um, ingenuity. So, Brother Anthony, as you saw that documentary, what kind of facts, reality, and the issue of power came into your mind as you began to look at these things as it relates to our people. What was your general take from um, from this particular documentary, Brother Brother Anthony? General take uh, take is they uh, they took they took advantage of uh, 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 of the fact that uh, a, a lot of us were not uh, were uh, were not fluent in English. And uh, we and uh, and our poverty because of the oppression we were subject to, and uh, we couldn't. Uh, a, 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 a lot of the inventors could not afford patent attorneys, and they couldn't afford, uh, uh, you know, the legal cause of getting a patent. For uh for for their contributions, so uh, so uh, you know uh, Europeans took credit uh, uh, for uh, uh, you, you know for uh, uh, for inventions that 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 we contributed uh, to uh, uh, to the society. And uh, and they t- uh, and they uh, and they, they 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 took advantage of uh, uh, of our uh, of our condition in order to uh, in order to make money off of our labor and our uh, genius and uh, you know and uh, you know because um, you know. Uh, 
you know, uh, you know, Africans during the 19th and 20th centuries did not did 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 not know of our of our true role in the contributions that made to society. They perpetuated uh, that lack of knowledge onto their own children, and that's why Africans today don't know uh don't know of our technological contributions uh 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 to the society and uh and to the world for that matter and uh you know and that's something uh that has to come to end and as uh, brother Haki alluded to there is literature out there available so there's no reason why our children continue to be uh, ignorant of our contributions to technology and science. You know, Brother Anthony, I just find it amazing to not to believe that in order for these brothers and sisters to come up with these inventions, they had to be knowledgeable of certain sciences and, and understanding uh, of certain uh, relationships. Uh, to the atoms and you name them that make up this world. They couldn't have just thought of these things just totally out of oblivious. So I'm just wondering. Uh, as, actually, uh, actually, they uh, they did. It's just that uh, it's just that now they may not. Uh, now some of our ancestors may not have, uh, uh, you know, had. Had had a mastery of the European languages and what have you, but uh, you know, uh, but look at uh, look at uh, at the discoveries of George Washington Carver, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, the fact that uh, the fact that uh, an African uh Jan uh Yanni Maxov Zelliger had invented um a, a shoe lasting machine which made it possible uh to manufacture shoes on the uh, on a uh, on a large enough scale so that most uh so that uh most uh most people can afford uh uh, a, a pair of shoes. Uh, so I I I think that uh, you know through uh, through preservation of our cultural values, we uh, uh, you know we had an understanding of science, uh, of science and technology. But it it it, it may not uh, may not 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 have been been, been conveyable in the, in the European languages that we uh, that 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 uh, that we were colonized by, and uh, you know and 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 I think uh, you know I think. Uh, through uh, through through our efforts at survival and and preserving our our culture, we were able to um, 
to ma- uh, to make so- uh, some headway technologically, in spite of our pressure. Thank you, Brother Anthony, Brother Moses. As you watch the documentary, what you took from it in terms of the concepts of looking at the facts, looking at the reality and the power relationship between those who create and those who escort those who do the creating. Brother Rose, your thoughts? Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. Um, I think, you know, the spirit of the of the the um the uh, night is facts and reality, etc. And um you know, in that in that spirit, uh, I would say that you know, black people excel at anything we're given. Uh, the resources we have, we we use to the best of our abilities, and you know, whether it's tennis or golf or basketball, football, or, or you know, inventions, uh, creativity. We have, our creativity is boundless, and uh, there shouldn't be any confusion about that. I mean. We can have as many examples in all fields. And um, in that spirit, I want to take two minutes to read this. As stated, we are not adopting an organizational blueprint that covers all possibilities for the next period. Rather, as we enter the post-Bush political era, we are crafting an overall strategic orientation that is premised on the likelihood of an intensification of the domestic struggle inside the United States. As Chairman Mao pointed out in the treaties, where do correct ideas come from? They don't just pop from the sky, but ideas come from three sources, the class struggle, the struggle for production, and scientific experiment. In the course of the struggle, ideas are developed. Lenin inherited, defended, and developed Marxism, and that's why he is a great Marxist. Theory comes from the summation of the experiences of the working class taken in its general aspect. It is a guide to action. For without revolutionary theory, there can be no revolutionary movement. Although the working class spontaneously gravitates towards socialism, as Lenin pointed out in what is to be done, he also said that socialism is a science and must be pursued as a science. That is, it has to be studied. Lenin says that the class struggle takes place on three fronts, the political struggle, the economic struggle, and the theoretical struggle. The theoretical victory of Marxism forces opportunities to cloak themselves in Marxist clothing, yet the struggle remains between the correct path and the incorrect path. And I would also say the theoretical victory of Christianity forces people to cloak themselves in Christian clothing. But anyway, the correct path versus the incorrect path is all about words and deeds and what is just and what is fair, and that's the struggle. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Panelists, before we go to our next um, audience for today, I would like to just click the liberty uh, to share with our listening audience and our sister Eleanor, knowing that the health conditions that she's struggling with. We want to maintain our humanism, our understanding, and our compassion. We have our sisters who um, continue to relax and listen in on this segment, and uh, we want her to work towards in the health and don't. Um, use the conditions to um, for more unnecessary um, stress and hardship on our sisters. So, sisters, relax and um, thank you for your contribution to today's program. But we don't want to have you continuing spending long hours while you recuperate. 
So at this point in time, panelists, let's make our transition to the next article, which comes out of the BBC newspaper article, a story by Jason Haspel. It titles, Rose Trust Faces Criticism After Slavery. We're talking about Cecil Rose, the colonizer of Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, and some other southern areas in Africa, the enslaver. And I thought this article really interesting because it does raise the issue of the very subtle ways how one continue to practice their culture, their domination, and their psychological warfare on oppressed people. And one of the major questions I want to ask the panelists tonight, and I can get your response, panelists, the question is, is it important to have a photo exposition titled Cecil Rose, Cecil John Rose, hero, villain, rootless, exploiter, or unjustly accused? Is this just another subtle way of pushing um, this legacy of Cecil Rose? Why would that be an interest for African people to do that? Father Haki, you read the article. I'd just like to hear your thoughts on that particular issue and question I just raised. Brother Haki. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, Brother Africa, it's a bit of a sleight of hand. I mean, the notion that you're going to try to confuse the issue by implying that the things he did were good speaks to, speaks to not only that kind of colonial mindset, but, but rather that nefarious position uh, that a lot of these people in positions of power hold in terms of the, in terms of being complicit and this kind of uh, uh, injustice that uh, they're, 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 they benefit from. Uh, one of the things when, when you talk about symbolism, I think it's important that people begin to understand, you know, that symbolism is everything. I mean, a lot of us have a tendency to think that symbolism is, is blasé, is irrelevant. But the bottom line is symbolism is very, very important, not just in terms, of, in terms of what you physically see, but also in terms of what you actually say. And so for them to try to elevate the status of Cecil Rhodes as somehow a savior, you know, to Zimbabwe and Zambia, uh, to try to elevate him to that level uh, speaks to kind of disingenuousness that, uh, that, that, that they only can exist in the mind of people who are, who are pro-colonialist. In that regard, uh, of course, when we talk about the interests of African people, the interest of African people is no interest at all. And because African people interest is no interest at all, then it's okay to elevate you know, essentially, you know, these criminal figures, you know, uh, to uh, to essentially, ad, you know, lionize these criminal figures and proclaim, you know, their greatness. Uh, so clearly, brother Africa, I, I think to answer your question, I think one thing this is this is part of the part of the the strategy that of uh, the that uh, those on the right consistently use, you know, to justify, you know, um, elevating, you know, uh, elevating the status of these of these historical criminals. I think nobody should be surprised that when you see that kind of elevation of criminal criminal historical figures, then clearly what they're saying is that we would like to see a continuation, you know, of, of this of you know of, of those things that he stood for. And so so clearly, you know, we have to understand symbolism is extremely important. With that, Brother Africa, I close. Thank you, Brother Hackney. Brother Anthony. When you talking about Cecil Rose, the August sounds him as a hero, a villain. A rootless exploiter or unjustly accused. 
as an African person, Brother Anthony, and you a student at the University of Oxford, if you was confronted with the situation of having to go into a building named after Cecil Rose, and he said this building was cool because it was established from his trust fund, and we need to know about him, how would you feel, Brother Anthony? I would I would feel uh I would feel uncomfortable and out of place. Uh because uh you know uh knowing uh uh you know knowing the damage that roads call cause to those uh areas of Africa he exploited. Uh like uh Zambia, Zimbabwe uh, uh, and uh, uh, you know, and Zanga, uh, uh, South Africa. I would, uh, I would feel, um, uh, you know, uncomfortable in a place that gave uh, that uh, that uh, gave honor to him. I, w- uh, you know, I, I would. Uh, you, you you know feel uncomfortable as a student uh, and indicated uh, that, uh, that 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 he he felt um, uh, or 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 Onye Wambu so uh you know uh uh you know what uh you, you know he felt uncomfortable in and in, in that environment and uh correctly he should uh because uh Rhodes was about uh was about the exploitation of africa and african people he did not care about Africa at all, only to the extent that it uh, that it benefited the British Empire. Thank you, Brother Anthony. And just for correction, when we talk about Zimbabwe, we really talk about he was a colonizer when it was Rhodesia and not not Zimbabwe. But let's move on, Brother right. Moses. Brother Moses, when you saw this article, Brother Moses, under what condition should one accept money or a scholarship? Should it just be an open book just because it is money and it can help you, or should you have certain stipulations for which you will accept or want to accept? For example, do you think this condition would ever be accepted if they created a building or a trust fund in honor of Hitler? And they gave that particular trust fund and that particular scholarship to a so-called Jewish student or Zionist student. How would you think they respond, or anyone else would respond? It was someone who had brutally murdered and wanted to um, eliminate your people. Brother Moses, your response. Thank you, thank you, Brother Africa. I, I feel your pain. I feel, I feel your. I empathize with what you're saying. I, I understand I have compassion. Um, um, you know, we we who are friends and who are enemies is the first first question in the struggle for revolution. And you know, our answer to that separates us from 
would be socialists and Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, like we, we have to know who our real friends are and who our real enemies are and stand on the truth and nothing but the truth. And so, you know, once we, once we take our position, we just rely on that line to win over the, over the workers and the, and, uh, the people who are oppressed. Um, you know, Anthony, Anthony summed it up pretty good. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I don't see any confusion in my mind. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses. Brother Haki, it stated that in the article that the Rose Scholarship was designed or designated for young colonials as the educational trust for the benefit of the empire. Now, if that was the basis of that, I think when we talk about this question of power, they can only push that because they believe they have the power to impose or to resist any opposition that they may receive from any group that may be in opposition to them. For example, what I'm saying is, Brother Haki, like I stated, if that was a trust in honor Hitler, do you think they would do the Jewish or the Zionist forces and tell their students it's okay to accept this or honor it? Or any university. Your response, Brother Haki. <laughs> well, you know, Brother Africa, I think more importantly, I think what they're essentially saying is that uh, we, 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 we know we adequately uh, dumb down the African population. So we can unilaterally give you, you know, uh, uh, these, these uh, scholarships and you're going to take it simply because you don't have any other choice. I think that's the more insidious message that they're, that they're saying. I think clearly when you look at the history in, in terms of, you know, these scholarships, in terms of what they stand for, uh, clearly you've got to understand that to the extent that uh, they encourage or support, you know, these colonial institutions is very, very clear. And so in that regard, in terms of, you know, who are recipients of those scholarships becomes extremely important to them henceforth. When you look at in terms of the, the decrease in terms of African students who have access to those scholarships, it's very, very clear that they've been very selective in terms of which African students get access to those scholarships. So in other words, they want those Africans who are the most confused, those Africans who are the most unknowledgeable, those Africans who understand the least about their culture, about their people, their history, to, to accept, to, to be uh, recipients of those scholarships. So clearly in that regard, what they're, simp- what they're saying is that they're keeping with their mission in terms of at some, at some point in the future, reclaiming colonialism on the, on the continent of Africa, and they're going to use these particular students as a springboard to, in, to, to affect, you know, policy uh, uh, laws, you know, that adversely impact uh, the well-being of the African continent. Uh, so clearly, Brother Africa, so I think for various reasons, what they're doing is very pernicious, and I think you're right. You cannot discuss, dismiss the fact that when they say that, listen, this man stood for evil, when we support him, you cannot dismiss the fact that, you know, when you say the man stands for evil in terms of destruction or genocide against African people, when you proclaim such a thing, then to turn around and offer scholarships under that, under that banner, then essentially what you're saying that uh, the lives of those people that you offer those scholarships to are not really not very important at all. And to the extent that they can, they can further uh, colonial interest, then that's the only, the only, um, only um, viability that such people have in terms of those who receive such scholarships. So clearly, Brother Africa, across the board, I think, is, is, is very, very uh, scandalous. And I, I, I think one of the things is that, you know, uh, African people who accept those scholarships, I do understand the hardships 
you know, in terms of you know having come, you know, having access to money to go to, to higher education. So I do understand it's very, very expensive. But also, the same token, I certainly hope that those individuals who accept such a scholarship would understand that you have a moral, if not a political, responsibility to make sure that you use those scholarships to learn as much as you possibly can about the struggling, about the about the struggles of, of the African continent, in hopes that you would innovate policies and strategies to free Africa, you know, from its from from its damnation. And with that, brother Africa, I conclude. Thank you, brother Key and brother Edwards. The closing is out. I would like to just get your response to this justification for the trust and people arguing there's nothing, no major issue in terms of the existence of the trust, because they stated that, Brother Anthony, and I'd like to have your response. They say that Dr. Kiss said, we hope that to transform Rose House and the new spaces created as part of the redevelopment will help to accelerate the trust ability to foster a diverse and inclusive community of outstanding scholars and fellows who are committed to building a better world. Now, do we need this image to, to do that, Brother Anthony? No. Uh, no, 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 it can't. Because uh, uh, Rose, uh, through, uh, 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 through uh throughout his political career uh sought the exploitation of Africa and uh every everything he did uh was to further the exploitation of African people and uh and uh you know and uh you know and uh take uh take our resources for Britain and uh you know and uh i don't think uh anyone who is knowledgeable of african history which um which they uh they take advantage of uh the fact that uh you know uh, so, uh some uh some of our youth are, are, are very confused about our history because they're taught from a neocolonial standpoint is, um, you know, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, does a lot of damage to uh, African culture, perpetuates uh, neocolonialism in Africa. Yeah, for the admission policy, they, it seems to me, brother, if they, if they want to increase diversity and have more people, just to accept more people to come to Oxford University. You know, it don't seem that difficult to me. But anyway, we thank you for your response. You're listening to Brother Africa, and this is Africa on the Moon. We're going to take a station break, and when we come back, we will continue the discussion. Part two, facts, reality, and power. This is Africa on the Moon. Talk to him, cause he understands everything. 
everything I go through and everything I am. He's my support system. I can't live without him. The best thing since sliced bread is his kiss, his hug, his lips, his touch. And I just want the whole world to know about my bad brother. I love you and I'll never try to hurt you. I want you to know that I'm here for you forever too. Cause you're my bad brother, strong brother. And there is no one above you. I want you to know that I'm here for you forever too. He's misunderstood.
Welcome back to Africa on the Move. This is Brother Africa. We are speaking truth to the powerful and empowerless. We may not give you what you want, but we do our best to give you what you need. We continue the discussion as it, as it relates to part two, Fox, Reality, and Power. I thought, um, panelists and this, that that was an interesting article as we were putting from Talisua Newsletter back in June 2022, which was about a little more than a year ago, about what was the climate like when it was going on in Ecuador with the indigenous people. It had indigenous people of Ecuador. Back by more than 53 social organizations started a national indefinite strike to force the government to respond to a plea based on 10 demands. In other words, but the indigenous people, they have risen up to address the government, to make them speak to their interests. And when you talk about this question, reality and facts on the ground, this question of power, I thought this was an interesting article in terms of um, not only the reflection was one on Ecuador, but seems to be a reality that's taking place throughout many of these countries throughout the world. And I was just wondering your response to this particular article as it relates to how the indigenous people national strike in Ecuador has the government running out of running out of time or forced them to address that concern. What's your take on the article, Brother Hockey? I thought it was really interesting. What's your take on the article? Yeah, well, you know, listen, my head's off to the brothers and sisters in Ecuador in terms of their normal fight, in terms of trying to bring about a just and fair system, you know, in Ecuador. Uh, one of the things, clearly, when you talk about the kind of injustice that permeates society, Ecuador is, is a bit of a microcosm in terms of, uh, you know, uh, inequality and suffering. Uh, one of the things that, you know, they have a president currently in power, uh, you know, who's a uh, for, for lack of a better term, who's morally compromised. Uh, this, you know, this guy is a typical capitalist who has no consciousness. Uh, this Guillermo uh, Lasso, uh, it's interesting that he pretty much does whatever uh, the Western nations, in particular, you know, Western corporations, instruct him to do. And he's very, very repressive and, or, or oppressive in terms of, you know, his own people. And the reality is that because he's willing to do whatever the West wants him to do, uh, he's willing to carte blanche carry out all kind of injustice against against the Ecuadorian people, but but the good great thing about that the Ecuadorian people had a someone you had you know um, or had someone who served as somewhat of a spokesperson in terms of the the interests of the masses of Ecuadorians, and that was Leonidas Iza, and Iza was a, a very progressive individual, understanding that privatization, neoliberal policies in terms of the control of wealth in the hands of private corporations could never benefit the masses of Ecuadorians. And as such, he took a noble stand in terms of his opposition to that. As a consequence, Lasso had uh, Isa uh, uh, in prison. Uh, but it wasn't for, the, for the, 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 the boldness of the Ecuadorian people. The masses of Ecuadorians stand up and say, listen, we won't tolerate this, this injustice. You will free Leonidas Isa. And as a consequence of that pressure that the masses of Ecuadorians brought against their government, Isa uh, was was freed. And, and so when you talk about in terms of the, the terms of the role of power, when you look at that kind of mass organization, that kind of commitment, that kind of dedication to real change in society, embraced by the masses of people, then you know what happens? That the change is inevitable. So as a result of freeing Isa, the possibility that the the the, the issues that the Ecuadorian people uh, are confronted with in terms of bringing about some real change 
in terms of doing that system, there's a real possibility that a lot of changes can take place in Ecuador as a result of the people's will, people's desire to see legitimate change in the interest of the masses of people there in Ecuador. So again, Brother Africa, my hats off to the brothers and sisters in Ecuador in terms of their, their noble and, com- and, and committed fight in terms of you know righting the wrong. And with that, Brother Africa, I conclude. Thank you, Brother Haki. Brother Anthony, if you look at the parallels of what's going on in Ecuador and looking at the parallels of what's happening inside the U.S., it seems like they have a lot of commonality. What did you take from this article as it relates to the facts on the ground, its reality, and the question of power? Brother Anthony, yes. your thoughts? Um, well, let's see. Um, uh, power uh, comes from... Uh, Permanent uh, permanent people's level of per- permanent organization, and uh, it seems as if the indigenous people in Ecuador are well are well organized in uh, the fact that they actually uh, they actually have real political power. And uh, that is something that is uh, seriously lacking uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in countries such as Canada and the U.S., where the, uh, where the uh, Africans have little real political power. And that is because we're, uh, we're, we're disorganized. And, uh, you know, and uh, we, do, we do not, we're not under uh, an, uh, an, uh, an organization that has a common ideological outlook. And uh, that's important for, uh, uh, for gaining power. And, um, you know, uh, and uh, that's my takeaway. Uh, the, the indigenous people of Ecuador actually do have, uh, ha- uh, have a, uh, a certain amount of political power in the fact that they can, that they can pressure uh this uh this neocolonialist lasso to uh to listen to them uh at least uh uh you, you uh you know or pay attention to them at least anyway and um uh let's see i think uh, i think the lesson uh my lesson takeaway it is important for people to get organized, and uh, and it, it's only through permanent organization that we'll, uh, you know, gain a real political power. Thank you, Brother Anthony and Brother Moses. Let's get organized. That's what the indigenous people in Salvador is doing and has done. What do you take from this article, Brother Moses? What lesson you can learn? First of all, let me say that uh, Brother Anthony and Brother Haki have done an excellent job in breaking down the article, and and um, I'm not sure that I have much that's going to enlighten anybody any further. Um, the the people united will never be defeated, and these you know organization is definitely key 
without communicate breakdown of communication is a breakdown of the organization. Uh, and like we need information, like so we can think, like you said, without organization we can't think clearly. And so, you know, I just think that you know uh, the struggle continues. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Moses, for being so succinct. And in our final article for today, we'd like people to Google why stocks soared while Americans or Americans struggle. Why stocks soared while Americans struggle. I thought that was interesting as relation to facts, reality, and power. Um, one of the things in this article is it brought out the role and influence of Federal Reserve. Not only are they privately owned, but also they have played a crucial role to ensure that stock owners and corporations do not lose wealth, while at the same time, they don't give the same consideration to the everyday citizen in this country. Brother Haki, what do you take from this article as it relates to the facts, the reality, and the question of power as we talk about this economic system, capitalism, and the role of Federal Reserve Bank, and why it cares nothing about everyday, everyday people? Your thoughts, Brother Haki? Yeah, Brother Africa, you know, I hope if we, you know, if we don't get across uh, on other things, I certainly hope we, 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 we get across uh, to people in terms of the kind of systemic inequality that's built into the capitalist system. You know, all them people defend capitalism, and, and I'm always amazed when people defend capitalism because really, in order for me to, in order for anyone to defend capitalism, you you got to, you you, 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 you got to see yourself you got to perceive yourself as somewhat less less than a human. When we talk about the, the, the role of, of the Federal Reserve in terms of disseminating wealth, I think that's crucial in terms of understanding the disparities that exist in the society. Uh, one of the things, when, we, when you talk about the role of the Federal Reserve, uh, just to give you an example, uh, recently the Federal Reserve um, purchased uh, numerous uh, government 30-year bonds. Uh, and the whole point in terms of purchasing those 30-year bonds from the Department of Treasury was to, in effect, create the, increase the money supply. By incre- increasing the money supply, what happens is that you make money available to investors, to the wealthy, to corporations, to, to purchase those bonds in terms of accumulating wealth. Here's the problem. Those bonds, to a, to, to a large extent, are off limits in terms of to, to the poor. Uh, in terms of the, the cost required in terms of acquiring those bonds are so tremendous that poor people simply don't have access to those kind of investments. And so, therefore, clearly what they're doing is making an opportunity for the wealthy people to prosper at the expense of the poor people. But more importantly, I think one of the things when you, when you create this kind of wealth, this opportunity you know, for, for, for wealth, for wealthy people, when they actually increase the money supply in society, when wealthy people accumulate those bonds or, 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 or stocks, if you will, when they invest in those kind of instrument, financial instruments, uh, the payoffs are large. Because the the, the, the the fusion of large amounts of money into the system makes it sure, makes it definitively impossible for the wealthy people to become more and more wealthier. Now, here's the thing people have to understand, that when, when you talk about in terms of the wealth, you know, empowering the wealthy to get more wealth, you know, create more, to have more wealth, understand, 
And none of this stuff, when we talk about what we talk about stocks or we talk about bonds, none of this stuff has anything to do with the real economy. And as a consequence in terms of as a consequence in terms of that, so when we talk about, you know, for instance, GDP and come out how well the GDP is going, GDP is not necessarily a measure doesn't necessarily measure, you know, how the how the rank and file are doing to the extent that GDP numbers actually reflects how well wealthy people and corporations are doing in society. It doesn't reflect the real economy. Uh, to the extent that it does reflect the real economy, it downplays in terms of seriousness, in terms of disparities, in terms of wealth in society between those who are very, very wealthy and those who are very, very poor. And so this is the fundamental problem in terms of, in terms of capitalism. So when we talk about the, the, the inevitability of poor folks, increasingly so, we have to fundamentally understand that this is all part of a system. It's not a fluke. It's not, a, it's not, it's not an accident. It's by design. And keep in mind, you know, one of the real slick ways in terms of elevating the value of, of bonds, stocks and bonds, is to, like I said before, is to elevate or to increase the amount of money in circulation. By cre- increasing the money in, in circulation, you automatically elevate the prices of bonds. So, for instance, these are your bonds that they are, that they are issuing, that the Federal Reserve is purchasing, it's going, at, at, its per, at currently is at over 5%. Now, when you think about in terms of in, when you talk about inflation in society, it's something like 2.5 percent inflation. But they're getting returns of 5 percent. Then you see systematically what's happening is that the wealth of the wealth of the poor people is being transferred to wealthy people. Let me explain that because it's important people understand that. When you talk about in terms of inflation being 2.5 percent, but these bonds paying 5 percent, what you got to understand is that the inflation is a visible tax. Everyone pays into the inflation. So what happens is that they're essentially taking wealth, wealth that poor people have, or at least the little wealth that poor people have access to, and they're transferring it to wealthy people to the tune of 5%. So don't you see, when we talk about inflation, then you can easily see why poor people are getting progressively poor and wealthy people are getting progressively wealthier. For me to defend such a system, i got to be crazy. i got to be crazy. Either I'm anti-humane, you know, or, 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 you know, or I have no respect for humanity, or... My position is that humanity is, is somewhat animalistic, and therefore, we, therefore, the notion that we should prey on one another is natural for human beings to behave such a way. I can't subscribe to such philosophy. But in any event, the whole point in terms of dissemination of wealth to a large extent in this capitalist society depends on investments of the Federal Reserve. It has nothing to do with the real economy, nothing. So when you think about it in terms of, you know, when you talk about, for instance, when you talk about you know, uh, these wealthy people paying paying ninety, hundred, you know, sixty, eighty, ninety billion dollars a year just on politicians, when you think about that, and then you then you then you then you contrast that with the fact that when you talk about homeless in American society, which would cost about twenty billion dollars to cure, then you say, then what what is the, what is the, what's the real disconnect here? How is it that you can spend sixty to ninety million dollars billion dollars? For politicians, but you can't put, spend twenty million, twenty billion dollars to make sure people have, pe- people, children in particular, have some place to live. Why is why is that disconnect? It has to do with the philosophy of capitalism, and the Federal Reserve is crucial in that. And I'm glad you pointed out, Brother Africa, that we talk about the Federal Reserve is privately owned. Let's be clear on this point. Let's be let's be very clear on this point. It's privately owned, and their obligation is not to society. Their obligation is to the stockholders, to the investors. That's the only obligation, and as such, we got to fundamentally understand that if, that that this kind of injustice that's permeating the society, the inequality between the have and the have nots, 
it's going to leave some bells. And what we have to fundamentally understand, Brother Africa, that's not going to change. It's only going to be progressively worse, which is why organizations, institutions in the community become ex- extremely important in terms of our survival in the society. If we don't understand the fundamental point, then I'm afraid that we're going to play ball with a system which is diametrically opposed to our existence in the society and is all spearheaded you know, under the auspices of the Federal Reserve. With that, Brother Africa, I conclude. Thank you, Brother Haki. This article is a good example of why songs get paid. We are being played. Brother Anthony, why stocks soar while Americans struggle? When you look at this article, Anthony, it talks about these issues of institutions within society and how things come to be. This question of creating poverty, this question of creating structures that make sure people are not able to meet their full potential is something that is done on a conscious basis, not unconscious basis. So when you look at this, you get the article, Brother Anthony, and talk about how the stock market boom where America likes to sell. What do you want to say to the listening audience about why things are where they are in terms of the everyday brothers and sisters struggling and those few people who have the capacity to have stocks and to control capital, they continue to get more and more and more. So your general take on this article, Brother Anthony. Facts, reality, and power. Yes. Um, the reality is that um, uh, is that uh, uh, in terms of why stocks soared while America struggled is because there uh, there is no real relationship between uh, stock uh, stocks uh, uh, stocks. And uh, the way most the masses of people in the U.S. live, there is no relation. Uh, uh, let's see, stocks are 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 a measure of the ruling class's wealth, uh, and that and and uh, that's the only thing indicates. And the federal government exists primarily to protect that wealth, not so much uh, the well-being of the masses of the people. That is why, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, illness runs rampant. Uh, let's see, uh, uh, unemployment is soaring. Yet, uh, yet, yet, yet uh, stocks continue to go up because it has no real, uh, no real relation uh, to 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 the to the masses of working people. People have to understand that, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, I, I think this article lays it out clearly. That uh, that actually uh, that while uh, you you, uh, you know the masses are crying out for justice, uh, you know for and uh, fighting uh, to survive, uh, stockbrokers rack up big time, 
and uh and uh, and uh you know and that's all uh stop uh you know stops measure is how how well the wealthy are able to amass their wealth uh and uh while uh, while the uh uh the uh, working pe- masses of working people continue to suffer and uh the only way uh that this can be resolved is through permanent organization uh of the working people uh uh guided by revolutionary ideology thank you brother Anthony and the tour is out tonight we can go to Brother Moses. Your thought on this article, Brother Moses, is the nature of theme, facts, reality, and power. Your thoughts, Brother Moses. You know, um, I'm disoriented. Um, no problem, Brother, no problem. We can just take the stage and break, and when we come back, what we'll do is we actually just your final thought for the night. As we close out part two on facts, reality, and power. This is Brother Africa, and we're listening to Africa on the Move. Don't you go nowhere. Let's listen to some musical inspiration for liberation.
man, black man, go on and get a CAT scan. I had chain wrap too straight, too tight. We get a backhand, there ain't no Batman in this black land. I wish a rich nigga would come and save the day and pave the way. Ain't no amazing grace. I blaze the haze to remain the faith. Twenty years be my medicine, but they wanna throw me away for that. Then turn around and legalize it. I wish being black was truly accepted. Four hundred year elephant in the room. This ain't a new deal. They've been treating us like animals. We in a zoo still. So let me tell you how I feel. Guilty conscience trumps common sense every day, y'all. Ignore the issues, look at the victim like it's their fault. As if a wagon ain't harassing, waiting for jaywalkers in front of the building. Minding your business, news trying to pay your bills as if that wasn't to mention. Conjunction, junction, tell me what's your intention. Don't call him king, then treat him like some common folk. You a fighter like Ronda Rose, rousey move around the rope. Drowsy with a cloud of smoke, howdy do for Maui, bro. Traveling around the globe, you didn't know, but now you know. Early morning rising, my inner alarm kicking. Birdman hand rubs, feeling my palms itching. I need a spiritual thought with top that's top notch. We watch black power docs and study our chakras. Ooh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. And we gon' cop a ticket and fly on out again, fly on out. Ooh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. Oh dear black man, tell me what happened You can't be low when your clothes everlasting Then when your ass been on ass been like a has been Raising the trap when the guard talk math and moves with a max then Not that nigga back then, but look now nigga I'm established, cut camera action I cut lines with my sad card, my bitch is packing Then I'm cutting in line with a bad boy, they caught him flagging Then huddle around him with a stat chart look You stay awake up feeling better than I ever been Check out my melanin, it's now the makeup for the mannequin That wants to be the same as the slave on the sedative You kill culture, I give knowledge, I spit stylish Crane kicks and Balenciagas and speaking science And bodegas that grow flavors was taught language Was taught to talk with the razor from having Spanish neighbors I fought the haters, court cases and lost paper Educated killers walking no ladies across the street Turn back around, walk across and sell hard to a fee No turning back now, rent you and your kids gotta eat yeah. Black man rooted deep with the blood of a king Yeah, Black man roses arose from the cold concrete I eat, walk, talk, gritty Snitches get buck fifty Slice buck fifty, both get cut quickly until they free Goldie. Nobody can fuck Talk with about me. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. So we gon' cop a ticket and fly on out of here, fly on out. Oh, child, don't you ever come, come down. You acting like the sun ain't out. Black became beautiful, then made America great again. See the page of history or see the grave and hate again. I'm from New York, the last state to free the slaves, and now we getting to the point where they rebooting Martin Payne in them. Black man, switch it up, just to be versatile. Why you always mean mugging? Man, it never hurts to smile. Make a record, break a record, get the record straight. I'm just trying to get it going, I'm trying to accelerate. Life alert. Welcome to my world, live and living color, stay low, word to J-Lo, out here with my fly girl, black man, 
black man They give you whack answers They robbing you with Batman They give you Black Panther When all our people dying They think that we need a movie But the box office don't break off The descendants of Huey Think about it I'm cooler than a Coca-Cola polar bear Hold up, roll up something potent Right before we go in there Maroon Customs support that shit that touches the streets Puffing a leaf on a corner that gave me nothing but grief Don't come around my way if your whole message is how much you got If you ain't got no fucking shot, then don't touch the fucking rock Lucy's still 50 cent, cool what kind of blunts you got You can lock a few niggas for hustling, but nothing stops The judge just makes a hero And a young black boy lose their fucking pops And go on a robbing spree like fuck the ops Phone out of battery, black mirror, word the Windex King of the table of contents, human index I handle everything myself, the one-man quintet. Let's take it where it hasn't been yet. Dear black man, worth life. One take. Fuck you.
We'd like to welcome back to Africa on the Moon. Africa on the Moon is a Pan-Africanist podcast, and you can listen to it every Sunday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Time by dialing in at 323-679-0841 or your blog talk radio and type in Africa on the Moon. Like always, we're going to be in the seat and we're going to take the heat. Because as we define it, we're going to stand behind it. What we want to do right now to close out this segment, part two, facts, reality, and power, is actually a political panelist. They'll find their thoughts for tonight. And we're going to go with Brother Moses. We're going to come back to you, Brother Moses. And any final thoughts for tonight, Brother Moses? Okay, we have some problems with Brother Moses, so we'll go and close out and go to Brother Haki. Brother Haki, any final thoughts from you for tonight? Yeah, Brother Africa. Let, let me just espouse another a cultural, well, not cultural, but a, uh, a very serious concern in terms of what's going on, going on in U.S. society, I think. One of the things uh, recently was reported uh, the largest banks in the United States uh, lost over $100 billion in deposits. And that's very interesting that such a large number of people are withdrawing their deposits. Now, according to the Federal Reserve, they're saying that of all U.S. banks, it's, it's declined from $17.3 trillion to $17.2 trillion in, over, in just one month. So clearly uh, these kinds of uh, deposits uh, are going in the wrong direction, which has grave implications for the overall state of the U.S. economy. But one thing I have to point out, and I think it's important people get this, earlier when I talk about debt-to-GDP ratio, it's important we understand some of the components affiliated with debt-to-GDP ratio. One of the things, when we talk about the decline in the U.S. economy, these the, 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 the symptoms of the decline is all around us. Sometimes we just don't appreciate them because we're, uh, we're deceived by the media, to get, or we're distracted by the media. And so we don't focus on a lot of things that are taking place, you know, uh, um, you know, in, in American society, particularly related to economics. But one of the things, when we talk about GDP ratio, one of the things, one of the factors, you know, one of the things that people often talk about the role the Federal Reserve play in terms of, you know, interest rate increases. Uh, clearly, interest rate increases does have a very negative impact on the supply of money in a system. It also has a very negative impact in terms of people's ability, in terms of meeting their obligations, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of, you know, payments, payments on things that they, 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 they brought out of credits. So clearly, it, so clearly, the Federal Reserve increase, interest rate increases does have a negative impact on the overall economy. But that is not the sole problem. There are much, much more, much more fundamental problems in terms of U.S. economy, which accounts for why the GDP debt to GDP ratio in the U.S. is so low. And that is that when we talk about wages, wages are key in terms of being able to pay back. Uh, wages are key in terms of being able to to fund resources to the federal government. If people don't have adequate wages, the reality is that what they contribute to the United States economic system becomes very, very negligible. It becomes very, very small, which means that it, the U.S., in essence, what it does, it creates a poor United States. And so one thing when we talk about these poor wages, why people consistently hop on the question that wages are so low in the U.S., it does have ramifications for the economy, and we have to understand that. So when we talk about the creditworthiness of the United States, when you look at it in terms of those low wages, the people around the world look at the United States and say, damn, 
these people are paying slave wages, and so therefore, why would I have confidence in a banking system since the banking system it doesn't have the revenues from the government needs because the workers themselves don't have revenues to pay to government to ensure that the banks are solid. The banks are solid. Also, one thing when we talk about the debt to GDP ratio, and we got to talk about the role of unemployment. See, people don't understand. So when we talk about unemployment, clearly when we talk about resources to the to the to the, to the government, unemployed people don't have any resources to provide to the government. And so when you have this growing unemployment officially in the United States, it's hovering over or five. Well, well, officially they're saying it's five percent, but of course unofficially it's much higher than five percent. It's probably closer to fourteen to sixteen percent. But in any event. When you talk about this massive unemployment in terms of the, the, the demo pressures it creates, you know, for the federal government in terms of, you know, uh, receiving lease, uh, 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 revenues, is very, very substantial. In that regard, people around the world do understand that massive unemployment in America does, in fact, impact, you know, uh, the, 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 the value uh, of stock, the value of bonds. Because the more that people can contribute to, to, to the system, the more government has to 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 to, to to, to, to use those same slums, put them into the general economy and make those stocks, the price of those stocks and bonds rise in value, which means they become much more uh, desirable for people around the world who want to prosper, you know, in terms of, you know, stocks and bonds. And lastly, Brother Africa, I think, and this is, this is also key, we got to understand the decline, decline in value of the U.S. dollar. Uh, one of the things that we understand, you know, uh, over the last couple of months, the U.S. has been basically forcing um, uh, central banks in Europe to purchase dollars for the sole purpose of for the sole purpose of elevating the value of the US dollar. Even the context of that strategy, that strategy has been hasn't been very successful. In fact, a lot of a lot of countries are rejecting the US dollar as as a as a, as, a, as a medium of trade. And in fact, you've got a situation now increasingly more and more nations are turning to their own domestic currents currency in order to conduct trade. Um, chief among them uh, Russia, China, the BRIC nations, and, 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 and even some Central American nations. So this value, of the, so, the, so the value of the of, of the U.S. dollars makes the credit the credit worthiness of the United States uh, that's much more precarious. In other words, if you want to make money in terms of U.S. investments, when you look at the value of the dollar itself, and because the value of the dollar is declining, the lack the, the likelihood of making profit becomes nil. There's yeah. no possibility to make profit as the decline of the dollar, uh, the value of the dollar declines. Having said that, Brother Africa, as always, I encourage people to unravel the matrix. Uh, I think it's key. I think one of the things we talk about the decline in society, and we understand the implications of that decline, and importantly, we also have to understand that when we talk about this decline, we understand that the people who are responsible for the systematic decline are not the people who are going to assume responsibility of that decline. That decline is to be relegated to the people who have the least power in society. In that context, African people, you must wake up and understand the challenges that, that confront us. With that, Brother Africa, you have a good night. And back at you, Brother Hockey. Thank you. Brother Anthony, your final thoughts for tonight. My final thought for tonight is that uh, in order to, uh, to, uh, to uh, combat the oppression we're facing, we must get organized. We must organize as never before. One such organization is the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC. Object of this pan-Africanism, the total liberation and unification of Africa 
under scientific socialism. This is the ultimate solution to the problems the masses of our people face worldwide. And uh, I urge every African uh, uh, to join an organization that is working for their people's liberation. For Pan-Africanism is the ultimate solution to our problems. And uh, you can find out more about us through our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org. And uh, you can find out more about our objective history and some of the organizations we were working with around the world. Thank you for having me. We thank you, Brother Anthony, for your participation on today's program. We'd like to thank all our political panelists and analysts, from Brother Haki to Brother Moses to Sister Eleanor, for their contributions to today's program. And, of course, you, the listening audience, for allowing us to come to your home this evening where we can speak truth to the powerful and the powerless. We remind you that you can listen to Africa on the Move every Sunday at 7 p.m., Eastern Daylight Time on this podcast, Long Talk Radio Network, as well as uh, picking up your cell phone as it's dialing around around the world at one three two three six seven nine zero eight four one. We hope to see you next week. We actually spread the word. We want to lead the next couple months, go over 100,000 listenership, and we only can do this by your support by sharing this program. If you'd like to have a copy of this program or any other, please just email us at AfricaOnTheMove2 at gmail.com. If you'd like to share some flowers with us, you can do that by going to Cash App, dollar sign, capital L, small e, small e, small c, small r, small o, small b. We thank you for your generosity. And like always, go Africa on the Move. We will always strive to go forever, backwards, and level. So I'm closing out this segment, part two, facts, reality, and power. We leave you with some music of inspiration. This has been Africa on the Move.
Now true, I want to get you. If I deny you, go still you punish me. Go to my punish me. Kill punish me. If I they punish me, I read down for book you. I see some myself for you. I see some myself for you. Well, well. Landina Shalanga, long time ago. Ibo Landina Unusi, long time ago. Hawusa Landina Saluga, long time ago. Galandina Tiafi, long time ago. Ashanti Landina Yani, long time ago. Ethiopia Landina Sakarabet, long time ago. Tikuyu Landina Chocho, long time ago. Bemba Landina Chimbuzi, long time ago. Long time ago, long, 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 long time ago, long time ago, Africa mountain on the carry sheet, long time ago, we day she thinks that big, big hole, long time ago, long, 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 long time ago, long time ago, long, 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 long time ago, long time ago, before them comfort us the way as slaves, long time ago, the time them comfort us the way as slaves, long time ago. Nairobia manna him they carry sheets Long time ago For them culture to carry sheets Long time ago During the time them come colonize us Long time ago Them come teach us to carry sheets Long time ago Long, 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 long time ago Long time ago Africa man we know they carry sheets Long time ago Nairobia man teach us to carry sheets Long time ago Many foreign companies Africa carry all our money go. Many foreign companies they Africa carry all our money go. Them go write big English for newspaper. Dabaru we Africans. Them go write big English for newspaper. Dabaru we Africans. I read about one of them inside book like that. Them calling him na ITT. I read about one of them inside book like that. Them calling him na ITT. Them go the cause confusion, cause corruption, cause oppression, cause inflation. Them go the cause oppression, cause confusion, cause corruption, cause inflation, cause oppression. Confusion, cause inflation, cause oppression, 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 inflation, corruption, oppression, inflation. Them get to one style way that they use. Them go pick one African man, a man with low mentality. Them go give a million naira bread. Come up high position here. Him go bribe some thousand naira bread to become one useless chief. Like rat they do them go they do from corner corner passy passy yonder yonder passy passy side side passy passy in in passy passy out out passy passy pee 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 passy passy in in. 
With a soldier's eyes I've seen inside The devil's dreams where young men die And graveyards open up their arms For mothers left to cry I have seen the bleeding And I hear what we've done But just like every other fool here I'll keep marching on Because I know That I'll be coming home soon And yes I know That I'll be coming home soon With a soldier's eye With a soldier's eyes With a soldier's eyes With a soldier's Je me tiens la tête devant mon poster, suis-je un imposteur Dois changer de posture, j'hésite, dois changer de couleur Ou me laisser couler, ou prendre la couleur, j'hésite Mon bébé vient bas, dès qu'elle descend, dois tout donner la mort, n'a pas en descente Tout ce que je fais n'a aucun sens, qu'est-ce que je suis censé faire, car c'est sans visu C'est sans visu, tu crois pas pensionner, j'espère que ça pourrait être honnête Oui j'ai sonné j'ai mis la charrue avant les bœufs, bien sûr j'ai cassé, j'étais de rattraper le temps J'ai fondé dans le mur, me croyant ainsi, j'ai oublié qu'il était en béton Là je suis complexé, t'as vu, à la longue ça devient en béton Je me sens prêté pour pression, je me sens obligé d'ôter le son Mets dans la cocotte minou Car je pense tout dans le loto Tu me ronges les ondes à chaque minute J'ai pas quoi faire à les deux Puis c'est vrai Tu sais dans ma course que t'en passe le bout Puis c'est vrai Tu sais dans ma goût Je l'avoue Tombé bien bas Les cahiers descendent Dois tout donner la mort N'a pas pensé tant Tout ce que je fais N'a aucun sens Qu'est-ce que je suis censé faire Car c'est sans idée c'est sans visu, je crois pas t'en sonner, qu'est-ce que ça pourrait être honnête Oui j'ai sonné J'ai mis la charrue avant les bœufs, les tirs j'ai gâté, j'étais de rattraper le temps J'ai fondé dans le mur, me croyant ainsi, j'ai oublié qu'il était en béton Là j'suis complexé, t'as vu, à la longue ça devient en béton Je me sens prêté sous pression, je me sens obligé d'ôter le son
gâchis, j'étais de race à béton. J'ai foncé dans le mur en me croyant belle, et j'ai oublié qu'il était en béton. Je suis complexé, t'as vu? À la longue, ça devient embêtant. Je me sens empressé toutes les temps. Je me sens obligé d'oser le temps.
know, I know it's kind of rough and you're feeling all alone. Daddy's long gone and he left you by your lonesome. Thanks the Lord for my kids, even if nobody else wants them. Cause I think we can make it in fact, I'm sure. And if you fall, stand tall and come back for more. Cause ain't nothing worse than when your son wants to know why daddy don't love him no more. You can't complain, you were selfish. Hell in my hand without a man feeling helpless. Because
got five on my little bundle of temporary Man, I wanna live long enough to be legendary Your statistics said by now that I'm gonna be dead and buried But when I heard your voice, it seems as if we met already And I'm march for our rights, that civil, the same purpose Two different tribes and we fighting the same person Could it be that our eyes was deceiving us? We had to have faith when nobody believed in us Cosmic companionship sustained me after my husband was assassinated and gave me the strength to make my contribution to carrying forward his unfinished work. A man laid dead in the street today. I must have bumped my head and landed in 1940 or something, I swear. And all I have is love and joy to give. I need to spread my wings. I need to fly away.
Mine. 
survival We must decide to get off the ride And stop going through these changes We must prepare and learn how to care For soon we'll be there While our lives won't be in danger And when the light is clear Oh, how beautiful I will be That I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 made it through my journey, made it through my journey. Hello, Reno. A bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights, pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the chains did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, and all the Pellerinos in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. When the light is clear, oh, how beautiful I will be to know that I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
In a world like today, it's a rare occasion to be able to see young mothers like the ones that were around when I grew up. But they live on in memory to quite a few of us. And this song is dedicated to those who cherish that memory. Early one Sunday morning Breakfast was on the table There was no time to eat She said to me Boy, hurry to Sunday school the Lord of glory We learned the whole story She'll always have her dreams Despite the things This troubled world can bring Oh, say Don't you know we love you, sweet say
characterized by mutual respect. Our nation at its best feeds the hungry. Our nation at its worst, at its worst, our nation will have partnership with South Africa. Free, 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 free. Scholars and scientists now concede 
that Africa is the birthplace of mankind. Africans were the first builders of civilization. They discovered mathematics, invented writing, developed sciences, engineering, medicine, religion, fine arts, and built the Great Pyramids, an architectural achievement which still baffles modern science. The 225th Emperor, Emperor, direct descent from Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, Sheba, Sheba. He is the King of Kings, the Lion of Judah. The name Hila Sablazi means power of the Trinity. Educate yourself of Africa. To liberate yourself, Africa. Keep your heads up high, no more will we cry. Yeah. Our history that they stole, Africa, is written in our souls, Africa. Oldest nation on this earth, know just what you were. I'm on trial with the man, she my co-defendant And I demand her attention, can you focus woman? I'm getting closer to the sky every time I hit it Holly Selassie, power of the trinity Soul made in Niger, my wife made in Italy White man's world that I'm living in some state But it was Africa, the continent we all came from Can't nothing come between me and you So before I have seeds, gotta understand my roots Gotta understand the truth, we is all kings round here Life's not all fair, work till we fall dead All going hard till I earn like a poor bird Although my body's in the U.S., my heart's there. I can never be ashamed of her. I got my features and my name from her. Mama, The richest place on earth. Know just what you're worth. Talking about the God you Africa. Africa. 
Africa, a legend of the bar, Africa. 